0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. Uh, episode number 18. Uh, we're rolling into 2019 now. We're planning to probably knock out around 100 podcasts. We did 53 last year. 100's the goal for David Cole and I here in 2019. And we're off to a really good start here in January. It is January 25th. And my guest today on the Industry Insider, Garrett Potter from Rock Cup USA. Of course, a program that continues to grow from coast to coast. Garrett, though, first off, I'll welcome you uh, to the EKN Radio Network. You're less than five days from your first uh, uh, Florida winter tour race that that you guys put in the books in Miami. I'll ask first, are you rested up? Because temporary circuits are not easy.
1: You know, honestly, I don't feel too bad. Um, You know, we talked a little bit before we got on the air, but... uh, 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 it wasn't that bad. I mean, we, it, it, it's definitely a lot of work. There's no doubt. I mean, this one, each, and, and especially going to a new venue, I mean, you know, doing a temp circuit at the same venue, you know, the vendors, you know, the people, they understand how you work. I mean, it's, it's definitely much easier. Um, this one was just a challenge on the vendor side, but as far as track setup, um, you know, I can't thank the team enough. They've just, I mean, I don't know, we just kind of clicked and I've got a, we're in the groove, you know, I mean, unloading barriers and putting them on the ground. We did it in record time. And, um, you know, we, uh, we had some custom curbs made for this event, uh, specifically, you know, not only because the concrete curbs, they really can't be used, um, or people kind of stay off them because you can't, you know, make them a smooth transition, but just general cost, you know, it's, Six, seven, eight grand to put curbs down and they throw them in the garbage. So, so we had some custom curbs made. They went, those that was a little challenging at first to understand how we needed to make them work, but overall, super, super happy. Track went down good. Curbs worked phenomenal. I think the, you know, from the racer standpoint, they really, really liked them. They could use them and, and the, not only could they use them, I can reuse them. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm that's pumped. The Investment, right? That's yeah. Investment. I mean, yeah. you know, we pulled them up and put them back in their crate and, uh, we'll use them for the next one, so it'll take me a couple races to pay for them. But overall, I think it's a plus, and I'm really happy. It was a great event, great can location. I, can, I,
0: can I touch on? Like, we'll get to the location in a second. Can I touch on the that, that curbing? Is that something that you guys kind of designed
1: yourself? Was it? Uh, was it yeah. a vendor
0: that you that you found somewhere?
1: Yeah. So I mean, it was. You know, obviously, you've been around to understand. You know, the evolution from you know not having any curbs to moving into curbs and curb design, and you know all that those type of things on a temp circuit. Um, you know, it's 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 expensive. It's uh, and and they really don't serve really what we want to see, right? They serve on the operation side, keeping people off the barriers, um, but you know, for the racer side, you know, it, it wasn't really. A great option for them. So I've been thinking about this for a few years on, you know, how you deal with that. You know, can we do a speed bump? Can we do something that, you know, that the customers or the racers could use as well as that we could reuse. So um, we found a company, uh, made a mold, you know, and it's just an extruded piece of rubber, you know, 10 foot sections, weigh about 160, 170 pounds a piece. We need to form them to get the radiuses, you know, cut pies in them to, to get the radiuses we want, but. Overall, I think it's great. Um, I did waste a bunch of money painting them because the paint didn't last long. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but overall, um, you know, it was another, you know, you're, you're nervous about a track anyway. Is it going to race well? Is it going to be safe? The temp circuit, um, and I, you know, that's always a, a concern. And then the curbs was another concern on this one. But got huge positive reviews on the curbs. So I think we made the right choice. Um they held up, and we're ready to try it again. So overall, That's really I'm interesting.
0: Yeah, really interesting. I look forward to, to, to maybe delving into some more. Obviously, I wasn't trackside with you guys, but I'd like to maybe delve into some more of the video and some of the uh, uh, some of the photos I've seen just to get a better look at those. It was it was interesting because I look back. I've been doing this for twenty something years. I remember when I first went to a race, a travel race, I went to a, a track called Tradex uh, up in British Columbia. It was the IKF, uh, Region 6 Gold Cup, and they had mats around their corners. It was a parking lot that they mm-hmm. set up every race for their club even, and they had these rubber mats. You talk about your yeah. curving being rubber. I remember 2002, I think, or 2003 at the Rio when the Super Nationals were there. Uh, J.R. Clausen from PowerSource was the regional director out there, and he it was just a flat piece of steel, and mm-hmm. then he had welded on like angle iron, as the bar right. has the curbing you know and that it, that worked except for guys were ripping you know, were ripping off their uh, <laughs> their engines, engine, engine mounts, mounts right exactly. <laughs> the engine mounts off. so this i, I love the fact that you're doing something a bit different you know the the curbing has been a big thing the addition of course, at the Rio for scuse and with you guys for mm-hmm. the rock, the Rio, but man, I'm, I'm going to look, you've got me intrigued. Now I'm going to, uh, it's pretty cool. It, you know, man, I mean, I like it. it's,
1: it's like anything else, you know, now that you've done it, um, you would do something different, you know, I'd right. like to make them a little wider. And, uh, as far as the profile, they're, they're perfect. But I think, um, you know, if I do them again, you know, I'll, I'll make them a, uh, you know, maybe 18 to 20 inches wide, but we were worried about weight and transportation and that type of thing. But, but overall, um, it, I'm very happy with them and the customers, the most important thing is uh, the customers had no complaints and they were using them and they, and they didn't pull apart. So overall, I'm happy. This is
0: industry insider number eighteen here speaking with Garrett Potter from rock cup usa we 're talking Florida winter tour right now. the kind of launch for the rock Cup program here in two thousand and nineteen the opening round going in the books uh, just a week ago at uh, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami a temporary circuit the uh, if you If you saw any of the of the stuff on social media uh, a couple of the the outlets were down there and uh, putting out some good videos, some aerial shots they had the drone up uh just a, you know what first and foremost let 's talk venue. Garrett, uh, you know, you go. You know, the idea, of course, with the layout was to match South Garda, where the Rock Cup International mm-hmm. Final uh, takes place uh, every year. Visually, the place just looked really cool. The you know, with the all the all the barriers being the same color and everything, I just
1: man, yeah. it just looked good. It did, and the and the venue, you know, the venue was amazing. You know, I mean, it's uh, we lucked out when they, you know, that was a dirt lot or semi-dirt lot, you know, a year and a half ago. So wow. we lucked out that. You know, the Dolphins decided to spend a couple million dollars to give us a place to play. So, um, <laughs> but but overall, it was great. I, the the atmosphere. There's a ton of room. You know, and um, the track. I mean, of course, it's a parking lot. So you know, it has its seams. You know, it. So it's it's not smooth at all. You know, it's fairly rough. But it it's when you look at the surface itself, it's. It, I mean, it's like a baby's butt compared to the Rio. <laughs> so you know, um, but each each track has its characteristics right so this one you know it, it had the bumps because we were running you know against the seams so um but overall uh i'm i'm happy with it it, it turned out nice it's a beautiful location a great easy a easy place to get to right off the turnpike i mean the hotels are two minutes away um the customers seemed to really enjoy it um i did uh you know, the visually it was fantastic having the backdrop of the uh the hard rock stadium. So overall happy, um, you know, we'll do it again next month.
0: We won't go into a full breakdown of what happened to track side though, but overall you as you know, the overseer of the whole program, were you, were you happy with the, with the race craft? Were you happy with the competition side?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, the track, um, the track was nice, but, and and being on the operation side, I don't I don't get to watch much racing anyway. But I really try to watch Mini and um, and Shifter for sure. Those are the two that I really try and watch. And um, I like the track, but for me, it didn't. There wasn't enough passing. You know, I didn't hear this complaint from anybody. Not one person said anything to me. But just visually for me, I would have liked to see more passing opportunities or or more action. Um, the racing was super close, uh, good racing, but you know, I love. At Rio specifically, you know, there's there's areas you see them three, four wide, you know, uh, from multiple corners, making passes and lots of lead changes. So I didn't get that out of this configuration. Maybe we'll get it out of the next one. But that for me, that was the only downside.
0: You know, that and that's uh, that's interesting to me because, of course, you know, you go in with this concept, this layout, uh, matching South Garda in Italy, and that place has a ton of passing. You know, there's mm-hmm. the the hairpins. There's just so many places to overtake at that racetrack. It's interesting, and maybe you can speak to this a bit, how when you're transitioning a wide open track like that into a more, you know, barrier line, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, barrier line temporary circuit, how it kind of changes people's mindsets of where you can pass, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I, again, I think uh, I didn't have anybody say, man, there's nowhere to pass, you know, we should change this or change that. We had um, one concern on the, uh, you know, heading to turn one, they've got the little kink, um, you know, at South Garda, we put it in here we made it a, we were worried about entry speed. So we made it a little more aggressive. So the drivers talked to us, we adjusted that. Um, but nobody, you know, really said anything about the passing. It's just something I visually noticed, you know, that, um, normally I'm, you know, especially in those two classes, you know, shifter, you can for sure, you know, plan on a ton of passing. Maybe it's not to the front, but, you know, where the packs are, you'll see a lot of lead changes. And then also you can count on it in many. And I didn't, for me, I didn't see that much. I didn't watch a lot of races, but uh, you know, for me that was really the only downside and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, we'll see.
0: Well, we listen. We've talked about the first round of the Florida Winter Tour. You're of course back again, again to uh, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami for round number two as well. Let's let's preview that. Let's look down the road, Garrett, about about round number two. Can you can you give us any you know inclination of what's happening? You, you know, from the get go, you had South Gardner for round number one, and you know you guys were saying it'll be a different track for round number two. You have this fantastic venue. You don't need to lock in the same racetrack. Can you let us know what the plan is for uh, for round number two?
1: Yeah, we are uh, looking at the, I think, and I may be wrong, someone might call me out on this on, <laughs> on the podcast. I think it's the original Lamar track, which was also the, uh, the X-Plex in Sloan was modeled after this track. So so for me, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I just, I love that track. You know, yeah. and, and Xplex was one of the, the funnest tracks that I've ever driven. We used to go down there and night race and it was just, I mean, maybe it's just because it was one of my, you know, when I first got into karting, it was one of the first ones that I went to. Um, but I just love the track. I love the way it raced. It was just a lot of fun to drive. Again, who knows what's going to happen in a temp setup? Yep. <laughs> you yeah, know, you like never it, yeah. know. Yep. It may be terrible. But uh, that's the plan is is to do that configuration. And uh, we'll start setting that up, you know, the Sunday prior. And if we need to make adjustments, we will. But that's our goal is to try and emulate that track.
0: Well, you know what? There's a lot of people will be happy about that because as you know, and I I'm, I announced a lot of races out there and got a chance to test some carts there as well. There's just so many great parts of that track. I'm just, I'll just start to say Xplex as opposed to Le Mans, but you know, the double apex right-handed leads onto the straightaway, such a gr- down to that. That's oh, yeah. just such a fast corner, right? Absolutely. Down to that passing. And then the inner loop. Like, that little cool.
1: snail shell thing is so cool. Oh, man. I, I mean, it's just yeah. a lot of fun. So
0: I like it. That's good. All right. So, anything else coming down the pipe you know let's I'll let you I think you, I think the registration is now open for round two yeah round.
1: registration opens today uh, I think the announcement's going out here shortly but yeah so it opens today uh, for round two and um, you know we're gonna make some adjustments uh, again um, new venue new vendors uh, you know uh, we didn't have in uh, the Vegas race I put up a nice mechanic stand. Um, for everybody. And I wasn't able to do that at round one. Um, okay. I'm pushing to get that at round two. Um, this track will also allow for some better viewing um, and not so much walking. So we, uh, you know, we had some uh, little issues on my side uh, that I want to fix for the next round, but, you know, I've, I've got it in my plans. We're going to make it better than the first one for sure.
0: Folks, stay with us. We got more to come here. This is uh, Industry Insider number eighteen on the EKN Radio Network. If you've downloaded the EKN Radio Network app to your mobile device, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, iTunes and Google Play, uh, of course. We this show will first air on the uh, the radio network. Then we'll turn it into a a, a, a downloadable podcast as well uh, that you can get through iTunes and Google Play. As I said, uh, you can always go to EKN on the site as well. The podcasts are all available there, and of course, EKN Radio available there as well. Again, Garrett Potter joining me here on Industry Insider number 18. Stick with us. More to come. Hello, karting fans. This is IndyCar driver Zach Beach, and you're locked into the EKN radio network. With over 35 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. We're not just axles either. At PKT, we can manufacture motor mounts, hubs, brake rotors, and even GoPro mounts. We're also the choice for axle and chassis straightening. We've designed a dedicated table for the sole purpose of straightening and laser aligning your chassis. If needed, we have the capability to cut, replace, and weld portions of your chassis as well. Big crash bet your frame? Send it to us. Broke a spindle yoke off in a wreck? We can replace it. You don't need to toss that expensive frame in the trash bin. We can fix it. We can repair and straighten chassis, and we CNC machine the finest carting products in the country. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family owned and operated, proudly made in the U.S.A. PKT, what's in your cart? As a world leader in personal racing safety products with the sales and service staff and dealer network unmatched in motorsports, Simpson Performance Products is now the official North American distributor for Stilo helmets. In addition to their wildly popular auto racing helmets, Stilo is extremely excited to have made their move into the karting community with a pair of stellar options. Stilo has two helmets designed and manufactured specifically for karting, the Stilo ST5 CMR 2016 for Kids, and the Stilo ST5 Kart Snell K 2015 Adult Karting Helmet. The company's karting helmets are directly derived from Stilo's auto racing helmets that are so popular at the top levels of racing. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, as well as Stilo's lightweight construction and unparalleled field of vision, a crucial attribute for karting. For more information on Stilo, check them out at simpsonperformanceproductscom Stilo, or by following them on social media at Stilo USA. Are you looking for a new car shop, one that treats you like you're an important customer? If so, look no further than Acceleration Car Racing. At Acceleration, customer service is number one. We are a full-time karting business, not a hobby or an afterthought. We have all the products you're looking for, from kit karts to shifters, safety to speed. We strive to offer our customers the best products, prices and service. At Acceleration Kart Racing, we're always here when you need something for your racing program. Located in Las Vegas, Acceleration is stocked with a wide range of products. We've been helping racers get the right parts for over 16 years. Acceleration has everything that a kart racer needs, from turnkey karts to safety equipment, engines, and more, stocking all of the leading kart racing brands. Here's a taste of the products that we carry every day. CRG, Tony Kart, Bennett, Rotex, Honda, Miami, MG Tires, Avinco, Bridgestone, Mojo, Alpine Stars, Sparco, RibTech. And E V S, Tiller, Micron, Alfano, Bell, Arai, Zamp, K G, Sniper, Sweet Tech, and K N M. It doesn't matter where you live in the country; we will get you what you need so you can get back on the track. Acceleration has a sufficient supply of products to ensure that your order can be shipped the very same day. Our knowledgeable staff is available to help customers six days a week and ordering online is open 24 hours a day at shopakr.com. For visitors and locals in the Las Vegas area, Acceleration is a large showroom full of the best kart racing products available. Come on in and check it out. To find out more about what Acceleration has to offer, visit shopakr.com. Again, shopakr.com. And make sure to sign up to be on our mailing list to receive the latest updates and promotions That we send throughout the season. Again, we're a one-stop shop. Shop AKR.com.
2: Hello, karting fans. This is Sean Bailiff with Trendy Karting Group, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. This is episode number 18 of the Industry Insider, January 25th, 2019. Garrett Potter from Rock Cup USA joining me. Uh, Garrett, you're you know. New season, so we're going to talk about the winter tour. We're going to get in later on to talk more about plans that you guys have for 2019. But uh, you know, Rock Cup, uh, the Rock program has those you know East Coast, West Coast programs. It's Florida winter tour in the East, Challenge of the Americas in the West. Uh, Andy Sazman and his crew are always doing a great job. They moved to the Rock program last year in 2018 and and got you know, solid numbers, essentially the same numbers they had had the year before when they transitioned out of, out of the road tax program. And speaking with Andy, he's really excited about how things are going to roll out. There's a, you know, more guys running the rock product uh, on the West coast uh, over the last six months. Uh, what what are your thoughts on, on, on challenge of the Americas?
1: I'm excited, uh, you know, about this year and last year, like you said, was our first year and we were, you know, we exceeded the expectations to be able to start where he ended with a new product, new program, new tire, new everything. It was, that was, we were very happy about that. But, uh, this year, uh, again, you know, as you said, talking to Andy, uh, numbers are looking good. I think I talked to him yesterday, his pre-entry numbers are already up from his finishing numbers, um, from round one. And he's also eliminated, uh, the Briggs program. I think that was two classes if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, to have those numbers all on rock is is a good uh, good sign for sure.
0: Well, you know, we'll uh, definitely sit down with Andy, do another little update podcast, or get him on on maybe a, a this week in carding. But yeah, he's talking about great numbers. He's excited, of course, uh, heading to Calspeed, yeah. I believe, for the first round as well too. It'll be interesting to to go to Calspeed. They were there again last year, but I don't know if you've been to the track since. But they did a pretty Beautiful. badass facelift on the place. Oh, uh, it's, it looks yeah. good. It does look
1: really good. i seen the pictures a few weeks ago, and they did a fantastic job. I think everybody's excited to go there this year. It. it looks really, really nice.
0: Well, the EKN so. team will be flat out for sure. I, you know, that weekend's a double weekend with a conflict. I'm going to be at the scoozer race in in, <laughs> uh, in Homestead. Yeah. David Cole, and I think they've got Chappie coming out to do the play-by-play. He'll be uh, doing the, the EKN live program. I can, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how we're going to do it yet in terms of <laughs> two different live streams. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably have to get another Mixler account. We're figuring things out. But it, again, that you know if you're listening to the stuff on EKN we'll have full EKN trackside live uh, coverage of the Challenge of the Americas opener again that uh, just a couple of weeks away all right so talked about challenge we talked about Florida winter tour of course you can still have uh, one more round in Miami you're going to wrap things up in march in ocala uh 2019 plans when last time you you and I talked you really didn't have any information in terms of rock fest that kind mm-hmm. of thing when we come back after another break, we'll talk more about regions, that kind of thing, and, and more programs that are coming up. But strictly your primary stuff, what what's going on with Rock Cup USA nationally? What do we got for RockFest?
1: Well, um, you know, obviously after uh, March, we'll move into RockFest, which will be, you know, our two summer rounds. And then we'll finish in Vegas like we uh, did last year. Um, this round, uh, I, I can announce that you know, Rockfest one, where we'll be, I'm still working out a few details on, um, on some scheduling issues for two. Um, but Rockfest one will be at finish line performance carding in Biloxi, Mississippi. So Whoa, really? that'll be fun. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really cool track. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it's right on the beach, casinos, food, you know, it's a beautiful facility. I don't know if people have seen it, but it's a fantastic track. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that. That's going to be, let me just check my day May 30th through June 2nd. Um, got a lot of support from the city. Uh, not only are we, uh, looking on the rock side to do what we normally do with our guests, but they're looking to blow it out to put up grandstands and food trucks and beer trucks and do a bunch of marketing and stuff. So it might, uh, you know, yield a lot of stuff just for the carting industry, you know, and it's right on the, their main highway you know, Highway 90 there, off, you know, Beach Boulevard. So it's, it, it should be pretty big. We're excited.
0: Have you had a chance to get any carts on it, to, you know, any rock carts there just to see how the track's going to race or whatever? Like, it's a multi-layout track, is it? They have a couple of different yeah. ways. Can yeah, so the, the way it's set up
1: is uh, you have a rental track in the front, which is just under, uh, it's like 0.43 or something. And the back is 0.78 on multi-configurations. Uh, we ran a few configurations just to see what we think will race best. Um, so, yeah, we have had carts on it. We're going to make some adjustments with curves and some things over the next few months just to make sure it's ready to roll. But overall, I think it's, it's going to race well. Um, you know, it was designed and set up for racing on that side. So uh, I think it's going to be neat. I think people are going to be excited. Like I said, new location, new track. Um, it's just a really cool environment. You know, I know some of the people that are from the south you know, go up there for vacation. So they understand it. But, uh, uh, the people that haven't, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a nice, just a nice weekend, not just racing, but just generally, you know, throughout the city there.
0: Can you drop some names and who was behind the wheel driving the track? Did you, uh, did you happen to pull the helmet on yourself, Gary?
1: I wished, you know what? (laughs) It was so funny. I was talking to Orsalon um, in Miami I'm like, man, I want to be the first one to drive this track. Don't you think it makes sense for me to be the first one to drive? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and right. I was gonna, and then I got tied up into the BS of trying to get everything going, and <laughs> I never did it. So I didn't drive the Miami track, and I wasn't the first one to drive the the, the Mississippi track either. So I missed out on both. But I might right. get some laps in before we go. Uh,
0: oh, so okay, so that's that's Rock Fest number one, May mm-hmm. 30th to June the second. Biloxi, Mississippi. That's that's very cool. I, I like the fact that you guys are going in there. I wanted someone to go in there and you know put on a, a, a yeah. proper national event. It just we I think we pushed it out on Ek, and it, uh, it was a couple of months ago because just the, the place just looks fantastic. Like you yeah. said, it's right on the beach. Like yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's awesome. It's uh, literally a hundred yards from the
1: beach. It's amazing. Are
0: we? Is there thoughts on when people could potentially find out about Rockfest Number Two?
1: Um, hopefully. Midweek of next week. I'm real oh, okay. close. I was, you know, we talked or we were texting back and forth and I was hoping to have the deal done last night so okay. I could uh, announce today. But I would say uh, Wednesday or Thursday of next week, we'll, fi- we'll finalize it and get it up. Copy.
0: Uh, folks, there we you go. We will be There's coming west. Story. I, I will tell you that.
1: We will, be, we will be headed west. So it'll be okay. mid- mid-country.
0: All right, that's that's really good. Then that's uh, that's good in, insight for sure. So the West Coast guys are going to get a rock fest race as well. All right, folks, stick with us. We got more to come. We're going to talk a little bit uh, with Garrett when we get back from this break about you know where the program starting to develop. You know, obviously the Florida Winter Tour is one thing. The Challenge of the Americas, some some really stable uh, you know foundation programs. It's about trying to grow the, the the rock program and and get racers around the country. We'll talk more about that when we come back from this break. Hello, karting fans. This is Chris Wheeler from Bell Racing USA, and you are locked into the EKN Radio Network. If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three runs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, which features a carbon tub Tattis chassis, 180 horsepower, and paddle-shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000's output to 280 horsepower for the newly named Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung of the road to Indy, formerly known as Pro Mazda. Add in increased grip and aero downforce, and the Tattus PM18 becomes an incredible racing machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Delara IL-15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. This car itself has helped train a third of the grid expected for the 2019 IndyCar Series. At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. The program is unprecedented around the world, offering the opportunity to climb the ladder with over $2 million in scholarships to the champions in USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights. Former Carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar like Spencer Piggott, Zach Beach, Jack Harvey, Ed Jones, Mateus Leist, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, and 2018 Indy Lights champion Pato Award. Recent graduates like Kyle Kirkwood are in the middle of their journeys right now as well. Follow in their footsteps. If you want to race IndyCar, there's only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires.
2: Cartlift has been designing, engineering, and building innovative kart stands since 2003. Our flagship model Winchlift LT is the motorized workhorse of our kart stand lineup and should be the foundation of your karting program. When it comes to test days or race days, the winch lift is an invaluable tool that allows you to head to the track to test and tune anytime, knowing that your cart will easily be lifted with the press of a button. Add our innovative winch stacker and now you can double stack two carts on top of a folded down winch lift, saving space in your trailer or garage. If a lifting cart stand isn't for you, then one of our traditional folding scissor stands Double or triple stacker stands or upright stands should fill the need. Every one of our cart stands features flat free wheels and casters and a durable powder coat finish. Check out our full stand lineup as well as our chassis skid plates, tire changers, and accessories at cartlift.com. That's www.cartlift.com.
0: In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the latest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell art carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott. Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Filippaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866 866- 607 two three For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing-academy.
2: This is Jim McKinney, and you're listening to EKN Radio Network 24-7. Welcome
0: back to the Industry Insider here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. Joined today by garrett potter from rock cup usa we've uh we've kind of worked our way through the season how things are rolling out florida winter tour challenge of the americas talking about mid-race you know the national events rock fest number one really good news uh that they're heading to biloxi mississippi that's really exciting i think that's gonna be a lot of fun
1: yeah
0: um what may 30th to june the 2nd uh for the uh, rock fest number one all right garrett let's start looking forward now i you mentioned before we went to the break that really what you guys are trying to do and have been since you kind of kind of got into the hell that rock was to what you see do? what to do to start building areas where people are going to run the product you know obviously vortex makes a great engine from micro all the way through to the you know the master shifter guys let's start by give you an opportunity to kind of maybe Kick out a couple of spots, like man, you know, I'm really excited about this. Or we're, you know, making some moves over here. What and, and you know, what, I'll give you open forum because there's a lot going on in terms yeah. of rock.
1: Well, and I think you know, you know, we've talked about this many times. We talked about it a year ago, actually. You know, a challenge. You know, when I was there, and um, I, I think it's clear the focus for 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 everybody is is to try and build the club club programs back up. So you know, okay. we're going to double down and work it uh, in Colorado at SBR. Um, with Lee and his group there. Um, you know, I've said this many times. I think Colorado is a huge market. Not only do I think it is, it was in the past. It's just, uh, you know, we just need to get our hands wrapped around it. We had a few uh, issues last year, scheduling and stuff like that, some changes we made. So we didn't get cover the ground we wanted to last year, but... You know, I think uh, we've got a better idea of where we're headed this year. Um, we're going to work with the uh, you know mid country with Nola Nola Sports Park to try and build their program. Um, we helped them started helping them mid last year to put their program back together. We'll focus on that. Um, working with some guys up in the uh, the northwest. Um, obviously, Andy's got his program, his new program going with the uh, the California Rock Championship. I think the for me. Um, and it's just so much work, you know, and I think uh, I buried myself into it a little too deep last year and I'm still on this year is just trying to get these club programs up and going again. It's the it, by far, I think it's easy for everybody to see that that's where the focus has to be, not only with us, but, you know, all the organizers around the country. We've got to really focus on those programs there are a lot of work, a lot of energy, time, money, but um, it's got to come from the bottom you know, it can't come at the top, you know, we, we do the events, you know, Rockfest, Florida winter tour, Vegas, you know, uh, so people can see the name and the branding and have the national program. But uh, we really want to focus on the club and regional guys. I mean, that's where, you know, that's where all the people are going to be in the next two or three years. And in you know, the Rockfest or Florida winter Tour is from there. So um Again, we just, uh, that's going to be our focus. Our mains ones will be, like I said, SBR, NOLA, um, some stuff on the Northwest, um, and then help Andy push hard, you know, the California rock championship. We also have, uh, Calvin Chen and his program with the Formula uh, cart program. Uh, so we're going to work with him, you know, so we've got a lot of irons in the fire, um, but I, I feel we've got the right partners, you know, um, and partners with the right mindset and the right idea, you know, we're all have the same kind of goals and, and mindset on where we need to be in the next two or three years. You know, it's not going to happen in six months. It's going to take some time. So.
0: Well, in addition, if you go Northeast, you're also, I know working with the guys from the F series as well. Yes, absolutely.
1: Marco. Yeah, absolutely. Marco and his group. And yeah, absolutely. Yep.
0: Is, is, is tr- maybe trying to identify some of the places that are still running a pure tag program is that something you're looking at is that what is that what's happening up in the Pacific Northwest or, yeah, or are you the, trying to get pure classes
1: yeah i mean i, I think it's i want to i want to give the clubs or the organizers or regionals what they want you know what do you want from me you know how do you, how how can i help you i don't want to just my idea is not just to come up there and and switch a switch an engine badge you know i mean that's not My thought, my thought is, you know, I have the ability or the people in place that can help you organize, race direct, train. We have, we have the product, you know, whether it's tires, engines, you know, those type of things as well. But what do you need for me? What do you need help with? Well, you know, this, we're, we're running an old, you know, HPV or HPV or an old KT. We need some help there. We, you know, we like the new hundred CC you guys are doing. Okay, well, let's plug that in you know, or do you, do you need some help, you know, on the tire? Do you need some help on training? I mean, so I, my approach is an approach of, I have this buffet of stuff. What do you, what do you need? Do you need it all? Or do you just need a piece of it? You know, and um, I I don't want to push people um, one way or another, if it's not going to help them in the, in the end it all comes down to what they need. So
0: yeah, more of a, more of an a la carte kind of menu. Here's the stuff that we offer. And and if it fits in with your program, I get, I, I like that now. It's interesting. You obviously, brought up the need, and the I say need that everybody's, I think, understanding that we have to focus on the bottom of the pyramid, right? For Which sure. is the masses. You know, we look at national racing, and it's less than five percent of the actual cars <laughs> exactly. in North America, right? Everybody yeah. else is running club and regional level racing, and and no doubt, you know, with with the high kudos, the high five to David Klaus and everybody at Briggs and Stratton, the 206 yeah. program is what's doing it, right? Every, Absolutely. You know, I'm doing these Operation Grassroots updates, and I'm talking to clubs, and it's like, man, you know, we were down to this, but we Started that you brought the 206 in, and we're now we you know we got 16 in this class, we got 22 guys here. You know, we mm-hmm. it's growing the junior stuff, which is great, right? Well, obviously, one thing about racing is, and you ask inevitably ask everybody that got into it. I did the same thing, I ran it was Honda back in the day up in yeah, Ontario, I ran a Honda. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But there was this Yamaha, and wow, Absolutely. that was really fast. I really want to try that, right? Because I want to go quicker. And you know, a lot of guys in Canada was really, I, I loved it. it, was the fact that guys would run Briggs. And they would run, or they would run Honda and they would run the Yamaha, KT. or yeah. they'd run JICA or Formulae. you know, all, yeah. the, all the badasses back there, the Dan DeLeos, the Juliana Chiovetes, uh, you know, the Jonathan Erlins. That they it was awesome, they, they ran everything. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, you brought up the VLR 100, and that's mm-hmm. the, that's kind of I kind of want to segue into that because when you talk about club level racing, you know, at EKN, we put a big, big focus on the 206 because mm-hmm. we see what that's doing that second level of the club level racing is when guys potentially want to go faster. Some Absolutely. never do. Some yeah. never do. They, mm-hmm. they want it. They love the Briggs, right? For sure. I talked to a couple of guys down in front of us in Florida that they were running X30 master and man, it was just easy and fun to do the Briggs and the racing was great. For so sure. Are, are, is that something that's going to be maybe more of a push this year? Absolutely. Uh, is, is getting that VLR 100 out. One of the cool things is obviously is it's so compatible at the senior level, at least right now, Mm-hmm. With the k one hundred for Miami. You know, exactly. they can run together, which opens the door for so many people to come. Is that I'll let you
1: speak to the VLR one hundred. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, and you, you've probably had the same conversations I've had, it you know, a lot of the stuff you see posting on online is, you know, it's all about the dollar, it's all about the money. It's 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 really in my experience is not really about the money. It's more about um and let let's just take let's take senior and master L two hundred six guys, for an example, um, if even if uh, let's so we so we want to go to the next level, which is a GP for us. It's twenty six hundred bucks. The price for the engine is not terrible, um, but okay. Now you need to add a chassis, so okay, it's still not that terrible. You drop four grand on a chassis, so they're in seven. So yeah, you may be getting into that price, but most of those master guys could afford that. But what I hear most is these guys are still just kind of want to be hobby guys. They're not going to be out in their cart two or three days a week, like our minis or our juniors or some of our shifter guys. They just plain can't drive a GP period. I mean, I'll take me for an example and, and, you know, you race more than I do, but you know, for an I'll take me. If you, if you put me in a GP, I might be able to, I might be good for a session or two and then I'm done. I, you know, yeah, I'm not, I totally agree. I'm not yeah. going to be able to drive that. There's so there's no way I'm going to be competitive on a weekend. But you could, I could jump in a VLR, 100cc, and I could be competitive all weekend. Yeah. So I think that for me is probably one of the most important pieces that we've been missing on, in our puzzle. Um, you know, to go so so that, and then on top of that, that four cycle chassis they're currently using makes a badass hundred cc chassis in in most aspects so to drop a you know spend 1500 bucks on a blr and drop it on your uh on your four stroke chassis i mean you're in business and and i it's you know it goes from you know in the 20 horsepower range so it's drivable so i think those are uh kind of the targets that we're looking for for that engine um i also think it's not a bad idea um you know, for kids coming out of mini and are going straight into a junior is a massive jump, right? Great. Not, I mean, so uh, you know, you've been around enough to know the Rotax did a fantastic job for 15 years, you know, running and building karting and putting karting, you know, all over North America. But one thing they did do is decimate that uh, that 100cc program with their one engine philosophy. Yep. When, we, when Rotax went away, you know we we never filled that gap. So I think this is a very, very important part into the karting industry or the karting market, whether you decide to do a K or a VLR. Um, it doesn't really matter as long as you know that 100cc is there. And again, like you said, they're compatible to run. We had a miscue on uh, the junior header, on 100% my fault on uh, the junior side. So they're redoing our header for the junior. Um, so the K's and the BLRs should be able to run, you know, side by side, no problem. So that's a big focus for us. It's a great price point. It's a great speed level. A hobbyist can still, you know, run them. So I I don't see any downfall to the 100cc in any aspect at all. So
0: I, I think we saw you know a lot of growth with it last year, and I think you're going to see more growth with it I this agree. year. People jumped on board; they really enjoyed it. Uh, with you guys continuing to run the you know the split platform where you can do the two different makes, I think that's going to be big for for the Rock Cup programs. And interesting that you brought up the fact that uh, you know it's that jump between mini and and <sighs> the junior Jeez. categories. It's such a big jump, and it's funny because you know there'll be guys on the on the pro level, right? The national level guys who, like you said are in the cart two, three times a week. They're racing every weekend. Mm-hmm. those guys in, in the in the mini categories have have risen up their skill set with this the amount of track time they get that I don't think that jump's that big right. for most of the front runners, right? Front half of the grid, maybe front 75% of the grid, those guys get so much track time. Mm-hmm. That jump to the junior isn't as hard. But then you know we're already talking, you and I, about club and regional level racing. Well, you know, if you're a regional level kid in mini, that jump to junior all of a sudden is wow. That's you know because because you 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 race ten times a year, yeah. You practice ten times. You're in the cart maybe ten times, you know, whatever, maybe ten to twenty times, not you know a hundred times a year or, <laughs> or two hundred. Some of these guys get the amount of seat time they get's ridiculous. Well, that that hundred CC that injection into the ladder that you that you that you mentioned, it's so valuable for club and regional level racing. I agree, and I
1: think okay, you know the the other people, not just the drivers that are having a tough time with their kids coming out of mini into a junior, the parents too. I mean, just in general, it's a, it's a shock to mom too, when, you know, they've watched their kid run around in the mini and then, holy crap, now he's a full size car. Uh, You know, he's doing this much quicker. The car's wider. There's so many other things that, you know, I think mom and dad are a little freaked out too. Of course, the kid and the, and the team owners and the tuners, they got it figured out, but (laughs) <laughs> we still got to get mom and dad on board. So I think, <laughs> I think that a hundred CC is great. And, and I actually don't think that, I think it's been proven over time, you know, I mean, we, over the last five, six, seven, eight years, we've seen a transition where karting has totally changed. I mean, you used to have, just like you said, we were on the GX 200. So we went to the, the KTs, you know, yep. then, then we went to, um, you know, a tag kart or, or a shifter or something like that. But those are that's not happening anymore and we're pushing these kids so hard now you know to to go big and um i don't know i think at some point if we can get build this 100 cc up you know it it may be a transition maybe we can put an age category that they got to run a year or two in that 100 cc before we allow them there i don't know something to think about you you
0: know i'd be on board with that hugely because you know there is a lot of pressure. And like you said, if you had that age level where, Hey, you got to come through this, you know, and again, it's all about the the development of power, right? Power and track time, speed and, and race craft. And I I love the idea for sure of being, having those kids have to go into the, into the 100 for one or two years. I I don't think that's the the worst thing at all now. All right. I got a question for you because obviously, you know, social media right now, the last couple of weeks, I think about three weeks, this big thing's been this, you know, 10 year challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Post a picture of yourself 10 years (laughs) ago. You know, whatever, if it's, whether it's the CIA doing it or just Facebook, whatever it may be, let's do a one year challenge for you, Garrett, because the interesting thing right now, I'm going to ask you about your outlook for 2019, but I want you to look back again, to think where you were last year at this time when, you know, how, you know, how far have you come in terms of your mind? Cause you know, everybody can see what's happening on the outside, right? You're the guy in the inside that, you know, sees all the moving parts. You're the guy pulling everything behind the, you know, behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. What's your one? You know, from from last year to this year, and then let's move forward and talk more about 2019. What are your What are your biggest positives you need take from the last you know 365 days?
1: Well, I think you know, there's no doubt it's been a lot of work. There's you know, 2017 was was uh, you know, a lot of work, and not only that, a lot of um, a lot of support and financial effort from from Vortex, um, but we actually just I just got off a phone call. 45 minutes an hour ago with the, with the factory, you know, just on our weekly calls. And, um, a year ago, uh, you know, I had this vision of, of honestly, I had the vision of being where we're at right now. I mean, I think we've done a pretty good job. You know, there's, there's a ton of interest in the product. Um, the, uh, the people that are using the product are very happy with it. I really felt if we could get people to come to our events, they would be happy with it. Um, the way we run our show, and you know, after this weekend, after Vegas, we had we had two back to back really good weekends with extremely good positive feedback from the clients. So I think we're headed in the right direction. Of course, you always want more, but I also understand um, the the more is really going to be the harder work, um, which is the clubs and the regionals, because. Uh, You know, it's that stuff's not going to come easy. Well, now we're talking about going out and getting new customers. It's not just about poaching other customers. We've got to we've got to build our own, you know, our own brand loyalty from the ground up. And uh, it's going to take a lot of legwork and a lot of groundwork to to make that happen. But overall, I'm happy. Um, I'm tired, but I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny you know you and i talked about
0: this uh, in our in our last podcast when we were when we said that the concept was to try to go find new racers to come into into the 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 rock program right but you look at that one weekend last year where there was the rock cup international final and the Miami international final both of those events had over 300 and something drivers Mm -hmm. that's the ability that's the dream absolutely anybody in the sport to to have 350 unique here and 350 unique here and 350 unique here, whatever it may be. For you know, sure. Rotax is, is on, it's on its way back with a new importer. So again, finding new people means we're not, like you said, poaching or sharing or
1: whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I think you're going to have, you're always going to have that top maybe 20%, maybe a little bit higher that are going to run everything and anything. They yep. can be yeah, in a cart, exactly. they're going to be in a cart. So that's great. Um, but, you know, my goal is still to see Instead of, uh, you know, 350 national racers, you know, a thousand national racers, you know, um, that really needs to be everybody's goal to to get back and spend the time, energy and money um, getting new people in. Um, you know, I you know, I've got to give credit where credit's due. My competitor has done spent a ton of money on marketing and advertising and TV and, and done a lot of stuff. And um, so you got to give them credit. I, I think we need to spend that money in uh, in the club level, getting new people, um, and that's really what I want to focus on. You know, we've, we've spent a lot, you know, trying to do the transition, uh, taking advantage of of some some other people's falters, so we were able to get in the market, uh, but we had to spend the money. But now I want now that we're kind of rolling, I think the whole idea is to take that money, put it at the bottom, and you know, in a year or two, maybe we can get to that you know, three or 400 unique racers. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get them. I don't know how much you're going to get them unless you go out and, and and dig for them, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, you look at some of these races, like let's say the USACs, you know, Battle of the Brickyard. They're able to pull 300 and something entries into that event, the inaugural event. Same goes for, you know, the Quincy in the Park revival. They had mm-hmm. over 300 uh, total entries, but they're drawing from that Briggs and, Str- from the most part of that Briggs and Stratton pool of thousands of racers that run the weekly racing series you know what i mean you are be able to pull from that pool that's the biggest issue obviously in the national level is the pool of guys that can number one afford to go there and number two have the aspirations to race at that level that's the difference if you can build a bigger pool you're definitely going to get more guys to come to the top
1: for sure it's the only way and i i I, it's it's so uh depressing sometimes that you know i see some of the tracks that we're due in the past have done so well, you know, um, I don't want to throw names out there. There's 10 or 15 that I can think of off the top of my head that, you know, eight, 10 years ago were at least 80 and a consistent hundred, you know, in, in that, in that range. And now they're down in the 30 to 40 range. So something needs to change on that side. Um, and it's a lot of work. You've got to have the passion. You got to have the people, um, uh, you know, and you gotta have the support to to get those back to where they were. And
0: personally, personally, Garrett, I and you mentioned it already, I would love to see a revival in Colorado because oh, yeah. you know this, you've been around long enough, I've been obviously around long enough. Uh, at one point, the Colorado State Championships, I think it was was it the Colorado Sprint Championships or the Colorado State Championship, the CSC. That was yes. I I would used to use that. I used to write about it in Shifter Card Illustrated at yeah. that point, super card illustrated. I think we wrote about it on EKN. That at my point, at one point in carding, Colorado was the model. In my mind, it was a sure. model that everybody needed to emulate. It was all the tracks working together. Yeah. They put together a program, a true, like a true regional program. They put, they put together a program, everybody, you know, they, there was, they had one race at all the tracks, everybody worked together. They had the race at Steamboat Springs and it, like, I mean, that was the model. It was and amazing. It was and, now, yeah. and now Colorado struggles to get, as you said, 30 guys out to a, a club race or whatever it may be. So exactly, again, so, that's so, a region, man. Yeah. If, we could, if we could revive that one, it's, you know, it's, again, a rising, you know, rising tide floats all boats. That, For sure. That, that could be one that I think people will go, man, hey, if we work together again, mm-hmm. we could do this again. That was, it just, it was that model. And it's a shame to see really that the carding struggling a little bit in Colorado.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think you, you're seeing it, you know, there's, there's, pro- there's a handful of people that are doing a really good job. I mean, Newcastle's doing a fantastic job. OGP's doing a good job. Um, Sonoma's coming back, so that's good. Um, but, uh, you know, other than, you know, those ones in, in my mind, and I'm sure there's some others in California and other places, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. I mean, think about this. Let's, you know, my hometown, Utah. I mean, we were 110, 120 every weekend for 15 races a year in a seven month period. Yep. and then and then i also i can still remember this i don't remember the exact year but i want to say it was like uh maybe 2008 2009 i think out of the top 10 qualifiers in s in i think it was s2 or s1 i can't remember i think eight of them were from utah <laughs> yeah, you remember I that
0: shift your guys out of there yep yeah
1: you know so um you know it's it's uh it's there's a lot of work to do. Um, it's just uh, you know I think that that's where it's got to be though because that's where it all comes from. So,
0: you know, final final thought here as we as we wrap things up here on the industry insider with Garrett Potter from Rock Cup USA. Garrett, you know, there's lots of work to be done. There's a lot of naysayers that say the that, that, you know, carding's dying. Carding's <laughs> from where I am on an unbiased position where we we talk to everybody. Karting is definitely strong. It's yeah. on the uprise. People, people talk about its death and I'm sorry, folks, it's, it's, it's still good. We do need to find new racers, but there's a lot of strength, a lot of growth at club cl- uh, clubs around the country. If you sit back and look at it right now, do you feel that there is some overall good momentum in the sport?
1: Oh, I a hundred percent. I think that, um, I think anybody that says karting dead is crazy. I think yeah. that, um, I think that, in my opinion, where we're at now, no matter what brand you pick, this is right now is the potential to add new racers. Um, you know, the economy is good, the dollar's strong, people are spending money. Um, you know, but they're not going to come to you. They're not going to. Ro- they're not going to drive to your shop and find you. They're not going to. You've got to go out and find these people. You got to, you, you know, decide who your customer base is, which are people with disposable income, and and go out and seek it. You know, and, and also I would, you know, strongly suggest that, you know, I know there's a lot of teams and, and we were like this, you know, at Miller that, you know, M squared, for an example, M squared and us were extreme rivals when it came to, uh, on track stuff, but off track, we were all, all one focus to build that program. You know, who can add the most junior ones, who can add the most, uh, you know, Rotax juniors at that point, it was a challenge and it was fun. We had a good time doing it. And, um, you know, so I would say that these guys that are fierce challengers or fierce rivals, you know, track side should, you know, team up together and, um, and go out and seek some of these customers. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I just don't know why someone with some real focus couldn't, you know, a club couldn't add, you know, eight, 15, 20 racers a year. If they, if it was done right. Cause I've seen it happen. You know, I was involved in it. I've, I've done it. So, um, karting's not dead. Karting. Well,
0: karting just needs
1: the customers. So you got to go out and get them.
0: <laughs> it's interesting you say uh, talking about the fact that you, you know you're your 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 competitor's on track, but you're working together off track. It's interesting. We have multiple engine manufacturers, chassis manufacturers, multiple multiple organizations, but karting industry is still one. Absolutely, right? the industry's one entity it's not different entities and we're all in the same business all in the same industry and as an industry if we have some kind of cooperation that i think that's something that could potentially fuel moving forward now absolutely gear i'm going to shut this down one more question for you Uh
1: are you even thinking about rock the rio yet no
0: (laughs) don't even bring that up
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. That's not, you know, with if I didn't have another temp course, I don't know who's, who decided to do three temp courses a year, but um, I'm not even looking at that. But, you know, I mean, obviously there's a few things we're getting squared away, but, uh, you know, working with vendors and stuff. But, you know, I won't even start looking at that until probably, you know, right after Florida Winter Tour ends, right after in March sometime, I'll start hammering on that.
0: I hope I didn't feel a couple of uh, nightmares there. No. Right. <laughs> no, I'm all right. Hey, Garrett, thank you so much for joining us. I really
1: appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
0: There you go, uh, EKN Nation. A ton of information in in, in uh, the Rock Cup USA community. Uh, Garrett Potter, of course, doing a fantastic job. Florida Winter Tour up and underway. Their second race coming in February again, back at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. On the West Coast, Andy Sazeman and the crew from the Challenge of the Americas will be kicking things off in a couple of weeks. Of course, that'll be EKN Trackside Live that weekend. Uh, uh, David Cole will be there with uh, with Chappie, Tim Chapman on the mic, uh, folks. Great stuff happening in the sport, and again, big thank you to Garrett Potter for joining us here on the Industry Insider, of course, on the EKN Radio Network. If you have not downloaded the app, get the iTunes, get the Google Play, get that, uh, get it, the podcast signed up. Download the app. Uh, I'm telling you, great content coming all all year long, and again, a lot of great insight from guys like Garrett. We thank him for being with us, folks. My name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.